Welcome, welcome everyone to episode 7 of A Wolf Dad. An edition of the Reynolds Hotbox podcast focusing on the latest in Wolfpack sports. I, like usual, am your host, Jack Sabin, here to take you through everything Wolfpack basketball related for the rest of this season. We'll get today's episode started off by going over UNR's decisive victory over Wyoming and what specifically went right for our boys. We'll also quickly touch up on our upcoming game this Friday against San Jose State and what we can expect in that game. And finally, we'll go over what exactly UNR needs to do here to ensure that they can finish this season strong. But of course, we'll start by recapping that game against Wyoming. And man, oh man, it sure was nice to finally have a game that UNR just dominates from start to finish. These last couple weeks have just been so stressful for us fans, and I'm sure it's been stressful for the players and head coach Steve Alford and all the coaches on that coaching staff. Winning close games, you know, they're great for morale when they happen every now and then, and you definitely need to be able to win close games as a basketball team. But, Lord, it's still nice every now and then, like I said, to just have a game where you don't have to be stressing, biting your nails, pulling your hair out up until the last couple shots of the game. Because that's more or less what it's been like for UNR these past couple weeks, you know, with the games like against UNLV, New Mexico, Utah State, just a lot of games where it's close for so long and you're not really sure who's going to pull it out. And, yeah, I just don't think us fans could have really taken another nail-biter type game that comes down to the wire. I think some of us would have just dropped dead or gotten a stress-induced ulcer. So it was was relieving to have a game where UNR just kind of handles business from start to finish and was really just able to be in cruise control. I mean, 76 to 58 was the final score very one-sided game, and was just a really sound victory for UNR, both sides of the ball were playing really well, and that clearly showed in the final score. A player that I first want to highlight, though, is none other than Mr. Trey Coleman, who isn't usually brought up in this section when talking about the top performers in any given game. But if any of you remember uh, a couple weeks ago, or about a week ago maybe at this point, in one of my latest episodes, I did a segment where I talked about some players who maybe needed to step up here a little bit as we got to this final third of the season, and some players that I felt could really be an X factor for this team if they stepped up. And Trey Coleman was one of those players that I had mentioned. And really, it was just his lack of offensive production in general. Um, He's a defensive guy. Obviously, that's his value on the team. But offensively, he just, I felt like, wasn't giving enough. And I felt that him being able to score and even hit three-pointers at a decent rate was going to work wonders for this offense. And he, Trey Coleman, that has clearly heard me saying this, and attempts to shut me up by dropping 20 points against Wyoming. 
And outside of him just looking to prove me wrong, it seems to be clear that this Wyoming defense does something that Trey Coleman likes. Because if, if anybody remembers that first game against Wyoming, we did lose. But Trey Coleman dropped 23 points in that game. So arguably two of his best offensive performances this year have both come against Wyoming. I don't know what he's seeing there or what Wyoming's doing, but my hope is that he can start to figure it out against some of these other Mountain West teams because if he can start scoring at a little bit of a higher rate, he can really kind of help open up this offense or help further open up this offense and take take some stress off some of these top guys. Nobody's saying he needs to ever be a 20-point game scorer. You know, you're not going to get that from Trey Coleman on a nightly basis. I think all of us as fans recognize that. But if he can, if he can hit four threes, heck, even hit two to three threes on any given night and hit them at a good, effective rate, then that's really all this UNR team needs at this point. And... On Tuesday night, he did just that, and we saw how well it can fit into the rest of this offense. Jared Lucas dropped his usual 19 points. Seems like he drops about 19 points every single game now. Wasn't the best shooting night for him at 4 of 14, but he hit his free throws when he needed to and was still just a really solid scoring option for UNR on Tuesday night guy like Lucas, you'll be okay with him having an off night of 4-14 because it's still going to yield 19 points. But more importantly for Jared Lucas, he did score his 2,000th point on Tuesday night against Wyoming, just kind of further showing how effective of a scorer he has been at the college level. And so I just wanted to give a quick congrats and shout-out to Jared Lucas. Congrats on... Such a big milestone, and I'm just glad that it came in a winning effort. Keaton Blackshear was doing a little bit of everything. He had 10 points, but also had six rebounds, eight assists. He was kind of just doing it all for the Wolfpack on Tuesday night. Wasn't scoring at the normal level that maybe Blackshear is scoring at, but when he's going to give you six rebounds and eight assists, you'll take him not scoring as much, especially on a night like on Tuesday where it just really wasn't needed. We didn't need a big Blackshear scoring effort. And so he tried to make himself useful in different ways, and that ended up being as a playmaker, defender, and as somebody helping on the glass. And so efforts like that never go unnoticed in my eyes. And so really solid game from Blackshear. Nick Davidson... I guess kind of comes back down to earth a little bit, but I wouldn't say he played bad by any means. 11 points, 5 rebounds. It's nothing really crazy, but kind of similar to what I was talking about with Blackshear. It just wasn't really a night that called for Nick Davidson. It wasn't a night where we needed Nick Davidson to you know, really pound the ball down low and help set the tone for the rest of the offense. Lucas and Trey Coleman were doing a fine enough job at that. The two of them at the top of the key were just working the ball around and were seemingly finding a bucket anytime they wanted to. 
And so Nick Davidson just kind of did a good job at playing his role, setting screens, staying within the offense, and was able to find some looks for himself. But overall, wasn't a crazy night from Nick Davidson, which has kind of become the norm with him with how great he's been playing as of late, but was by no means a bad game. Nick Davidson didn't play bad at all. It just wasn't him playing up to the ridiculously high standard he's started to set for himself. Once again, though, the offense was by no means bad. wouldn't say the offense struggled to score at any point or that UNR was struggling to score points. But the star of the show was still far and away the defense. I know I'm starting to sound like a broken record talking about this. But you give up 58 points and hold them to 41.7% from the field and 26.3% from three. Like, clearly, the defense was doing something right that night and needs to kind of be the focal point of this team. I don't really know what adjustments Steve Alford made after that loss to Wyoming in January, but my lord, is it very evident that those adjustments worked. I mean, in that first matchup, Wyoming scoring 98 points in regulation – It looks like they're an NBA team, just can't miss, won't miss. They have our defenders all out of position. It was just a horrible game for UNR. I I already had talked about this kind of in the last episode previewing this game, but really it just looked like UNR didn't have a game plan in that last matchup. And on Tuesday night, it was a complete 180. It was UNR looked much better coached looked like the more disciplined team. I mean, frankly, they looked like they were in a completely different league than Wyoming. And so I think a lot of credit also needs to go to Steve Alford. Um, I obviously can't know what exactly was said or done behind closed doors in terms of adjustments, but I'm imagining that a lot of the changes that we saw between those two games were at least started or predicated on by Steve Alford. And so I wanted to give him his credit for that. Uh, Making adjustments is never something that's easy, especially at a level like this. But clearly he made some good ones. And we hope, or at least I'm hoping, that he continues to hit on these adjustments that he decides to make. One of the biggest adjustments that you could say we did, though, was really just trying to neutralize Sam Griffin And we did that. We neutralized him, and kind of as expected with this Wyoming offense, the rest of it came crumbling down. And really it's just because nobody else on that team is really capable of handling the offensive load that Griffin Griffin takes on on a nightly basis. Yes, there are other guys on that Wyoming team that can score. We saw that in the last game, and we've seen that with Wyoming. I mean, obviously, they're not going to only have one guy who can score the basketball. But really, Sam Griffin is the driving point of this offense. And so UNR doing a good job at really just preventing him from scoring early in the game really just put, I think, a little bit too much pressure on the rest of these guys early in the game. And it allowed UNR to jump out ahead early in this game and never really look back a mix of great defense and bad offense 
made for a night in which Wyoming looked like they really just couldn't take the lid off the basket. UNR was doing a good job rotating, denying guys like Sam Griffin the ball, and once again just making it really hard for these Wyoming players to find space and find the open man. And that's kind of seeming to be the strategy for this UNR defense. I wouldn't say it's like chaotic. It's almost like a organized chaos where it can almost look chaotic when you're just watching it from a naked eye. But when you kind of take a deeper look at it and the defense as a whole, you start to see how it works and or, or at least how it can work and more so how it's working for UNR. Because one of the biggest things that UNR has done as of late, especially in these Mountain West games against these good teams, is they recognize who your top player is, and they or we've done a really good job at slowing that player down or neutralizing that player and saying, okay, well, we're not going to let you beat us. We're going to force the rest of your team to beat us. If you know two or three other guys wanted to decide to have great games and beat us, we're live, we'll live with that. But I think especially after early in the year, after seeing some of these top players in the Mountain West kind of cook UNR and put on shows against them and f- generate victories, I think in that mind of Steve Alford, it became clear that that was really one of the issues with this team and one of the reasons why we were losing these games against these Mountain West teams. And so that was clearly a big focal point against this Wyoming team was limit Sam Griffin. And it very clearly worked. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I already said I sound like a broken record, and I will continue to, but UNR's best offense is its defense. It's not just one of the best defenses in the Mountain West, but at this point, it's becoming one of the best defenses in all of college basketball. So, rely on it. I know in today's basketball, and basketball world today, everything's all about offense and being able to score and score as many points as possible. And I get it. It's more exciting. In an ideal world, yes, you score as many points as possible and you can just beat every team by doing that. But, that's not the recipe of success for this UNR team. It's it's just not. I mean, we have the ability to win offensive-sided games when push comes to shove, but if UNR is trying to maximize its chance to win a game, it's going to start on the defensive side of the ball. And there's nothing wrong with that. We see plenty of teams, once it gets to March, that make deep runs on account of playing amazing defense and letting the offense kind of play off the defense and so I don't think it's some scary trend that us as fans should or should think is a bad thing it's it's just the way this UNR team wins like I said maybe not is not ideal or it's not the sexiest or most glamorous but wins are wins and if UNR needs to grind out every win by just playing really good physical defense, I don't think fans are really going to be complaining all too much. And this should be no different this upcoming Friday against San Jose. 
I mean, in, in the last matchup, UNR just dominated on both ends, winning by 30 points, 90 to 60. It was an offensive explosion for the Wolfpack that night. And also on the defensive end, it was a world-class effort. And while I don't expect another offensive explosion like that, I don't think, or at least I'm not going to expect or predict UNR to be scoring 90 points again in a basketball game. But I don't think it's crazy to think that our defense could put together another game like that and hold this San Jose State team to around that 60-point threshold. I mean, the San Jose offense is just not a very impressive one and not one that strikes the fear into the hearts of many. They're near the bottom of the Mountain West. They're just not a great team. I think UNR showed that in their last game. But we still got to make sure we're not looking past this game or overlooking San Jose as an opponent. This is the time of the year where teams like San Jose want to play spoiler against any team they can. Obviously, wins right now aren't really going to benefit San Jose State in a way that's going to allow them to magically make March Madness or anything, but they know that they can beat a team like UNR and really just make the rest of their season a big headache. So it's important for UNR, for us as fans, the players, and Steve Alford to make sure they stay focused and don't start to think too far down the line. And yeah, against San Jose, just keep the strategy pretty much the same. Keep it simple, stupid. Dwight Schrute, just play really good defense, make life really difficult for San Jose State when trying to score, and you keep playing great defense, eventually that will, or that should allow you to generate easy offense, and I just don't see the San Jose State team really being able to keep up if that is the case. But as we start to approach the end of the season, let's go over some things that UNR needs to do or can do to try and make sure that they can finish strong. I wrote down just a few little bullet points here of some things that I've noticed as a fan. Uh, Starting off, I won't harp on this one too much because I've kind of already harped on it during this episode and every other one, but just make sure that defense is continuing to fire on all cylinders. Um, I can't harp or I can't express enough how much this is the strength of this team. And so that side of the ball just really needs to make sure that it's always clicking and in sync. Cause if our defense starts to fall apart, I don't know if our offense will have enough firepower to make up for that. Number two, We just got to hope that Nick Davidson stays hot. Uh, The start of the year was a bit slow for Nick Davidson. I mean, I wouldn't say he was bad by any means, but he hadn't kind of taken that jump that I think a lot of us as fans were hoping he'd take. And then seemingly out of nowhere, he just started to kind of play at at an elite level and we've seen him start to become a huge focal point for this UNR offense on both sides of the ball. 
think more so offensively as of late. But I mean, at near seven foot, he's always going to be a threat or a rim protector at least on the defensive side, and he's always helping grab rebounds. And so if if Nick Davidson can can continue to stay hot, he can really kind of be that X factor. I think that this offense needs to diversify a little bit and kind of take that pressure off guys like Lucas and Blackshear and just make this offense overall a bit more balanced. I mean, you want balanced offense always, and I think Nick Davidson can start to help provide that. Number three, just don't get complacent. I know this seems like something that should go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm I'm still going to say it, but there's still easily enough time for UNR to just completely mess this up, go on another losing skid, and all of a sudden come up with nothing by the time we get to March. I'm not saying it's likely. Obviously, I don't want that to happen. But as a fan of this team, I'm not going to sit here and say that they're completely immune to a sort of collapse. I mean, we I wouldn't say going one and four over a five-game stretch is necessarily a collapse. But at this point in the year, something like that, or even like a one and three stretch, could potentially end your season. And so I think it's hugely important that we make sure that we're not looking too far ahead at the Mountain West tournament or March Madness tournament and realize that if we want to succeed there, we still got to handle business with these remaining games that we have left. And the fourth and final point that our heart on is really just to clean up the free throw shooting I mean, it's already lost us some games this year. It's made games that are close, maybe that shouldn't have been close because we don't hit enough free throws. And so it stands to reason that it could be the reason we lose another game that is a bit more important, talking like a March Madness game or even a Mountain West tournament game. And especially once the competition gets better and these games start getting a lot closer on average, something like free throw shooting is definitely going to be the edge. It usually is a big edge in a lot of close games. You you look at games where teams win or lose by two or three points and one of those teams hit five or six more free throws than the other one. You look at the final score in the free throws, you realize, oh, wow, well, if we were hitting our free throws at a little bit better of a rate, we could have maybe been in this game. And so really having the edge at the free throw line is always something you want in these tournament games and is definitely something that I think needs to be worked on collectively as a team. I mean, obviously, you have you guys like Jared Lucas who are going to just make free throws at 90-plus percent. But then we got other guys, you know, Blackshear and K.J. Himes who just seemingly can't hit a free throw. And those, and that could be a really big problem come the end of the season. But 
that unfortunately is all the time that we have here today. I, of course, have been Jack Sabin, taking you into the Wolf Den. Make sure to subscribe to the Reynolds Hotbox for more Wolf Den editions and other campus student news. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at the Reynolds Sandbox. And as always, go pack.